We're going to go ahead and pick up our study in the book of Galatians today. Galatians chapter number 2, verse number 1. Then after 14 years, I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas, and I also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So a little bit of the background here. Uh, Paul had met Christ on the Damascus Road. He went out into the Arabian Desert for three years. Then he came to Jerusalem. He met with Peter and some of the more prominent apostles. And now, 14 years later, uh, Paul is coming back to Jerusalem and he uh, is doing it for two reasons he's indicating here in these verses. Number one, he wanted to make sure that the gospel that he was preaching was the same gospel that the apostles were preaching. Understand, Paul, unlike the other apostles, did not sit at the feet of Jesus for three years during his earthly ministry. So he says, I wanted to make sure that I was preaching the same gospel lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Also, we know from the book of Acts that the reason he's returning to Jerusalem is actually to attend a council that has to do with circumcision. Because notice in verse number three, he says, Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Now, we have record of this council in Acts chapter number 15 and in Acts 15 verse number one and certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren lest they are circumcised according to the custom of Moses that you cannot be saved therefore when Paul and Barnabas had no no small dissension and dispute with them they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia, Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. And when they had, when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to the men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by the mouth of the Gentiles, by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart and acknowledged them by giving them the spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? And he says, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Now, when Paul says he wanted to make sure that he was preaching the same gospel, you see, the the gospel was by grace and grace alone. But yet now he's hearing these people of of the Jews say that, no, you've got to be circumcised first. In other words, you need to become a Jew before you can become a Christian, a proselytized Jew before you can become a Christian. So Paul's saying, you know, are we preaching the same gospel? Uh, 
I'm preaching by faith, by grace and grace alone are you saved, lest any man should boast. I'm not preaching you got to keep the works of the law to be saved, yet I'm hearing that it is being taught that you have to keep the works of the law first in order to be saved. So are we preaching the same gospel? Again, that was another reason. Uh, that was the main reason Paul was coming up to Jerusalem to make sure that we're preaching the same gospel. And then in Acts 15, 22, then it pleased the apostles and the elders who were the whole church to send men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also Barsabas and Silas, leading men of the, among the brethren. And they wrote this letter, uh, the apostles, the elders, the brethren to the brethren who are in Gen and the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, Cilicia, and greetings. Since we have heard that some of you went out from us and have troubled you with words, unsettling your soul, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. So Paul wanted to make sure that they were on the same page. They were preaching the same gospel. So in, in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 1, then after 14 years, I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas and I took Titus. Titus was exhibit A, okay? And I went up by revelation and I, commu and I communicated uh, to them the gospel that I preached, which was by grace and grace alone. And but yet, but privately to those who were of the reputation, lest by any means I might run or run had run in vain. And yet not even Titus, who was with me being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So the early church here, the Jerusalem Council, wanting to make sure that they were all preaching the same gospel. And that gospel did not require people to keep any as a fact, I mean, any part of the law in order to be saved. It's by grace and grace alone. And then in verse number five, and this occurred because the false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which had been in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. So the false brethren spoken of here are those who had questioned mm -hmm. the newfound liberty from the law that was now theirs in Christ. And obviously in Paul's ministry, he met a lot of these guys, you know, before and after this Jerusalem council. He spoke of them in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six when he said that he had suffered at the hands of false brethren. So make no mistake about it. They were around then and they are around today. Peter spoke of them in 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3, when he said, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. So with that in mind, what is our liberty? No more bondage. No more bondage to the law. Um, you see in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 25, but after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. We're no longer under the law. Galatians 5.1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
in Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 9. But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you will now turn again to the weak and the beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? Why do you turn back to these things? So no more bondage to the law. That is the liberty that the apostle is speaking of here. In contrast to the two commandments of Christ, which just said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your labor and your neighbor as yourself. You see, when they came to, to the apostle, to Jesus, and they said, what's the greatest of the commandments? What did he say? He didn't go through the law. He just said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. For therein is contained the whole law. And if you look at all the commandments, you know, in the Ten Commandments, the first four have to do with loving God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And the final six have to do with loving your neighbor as yourself. The first ones are, uh, you know, uh, not taking his name in vain, uh, not uh, worshiping idols, uh, you know, remembering the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then the final six, you know, they talk about not stealing, not not coveting, you know, not committing adultery. You see, the first four have to do with our vertical relationship with our Father. And the final six have to do with our horizontal relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ in this life. So that, that was the only two commands that Christ gave. Yet on the other end of the spectrum, the Pharisees had developed over 613 laws. You know, 365 of them were considered to be negative commands. 248 of them were positive commands. But unfortunately, by the time the Lord Jesus came, it had produced a heartless, cold, arrogant brand of righteousness. And you know, the, the people were dying under the weight of these extra-biblical laws. Christ has came to set us, us free. Listen, God bless you. I hope that you have a great day. Always remember, God loves you, wants the best for you. And he's working all things out for your good. Have a great weekend.